Hello, it's Good Friday. It's April the 7th, and this is Day 39 of the Daily Pause. Once again, I'm so grateful to be with you as we're nearing the conclusion of this Lent journey that we've been on together. It's been so good to hear from so many different voices in our fellowship. Today, we have a really special treat to be with Pastor Carl Friedel from Berean Assembly in Springfield. It's our sister church, and we've been doing lots of stuff together, partnering together, trying to make each other better, but he's become a dear friend. So welcome, Carl. Glad to have you with us. It's good to be here. Thank you, man. He's going to be praying for us in a, in a few minutes and uh, reading for us. And uh, But let's start one more time with just a moment of pause. This is the day of the Lord's suffering. Let's remember that. Let's pause and reflect. Holy Spirit, come speak to our hearts in this moment. In Jesus' name, begin now. Day 39, Good Friday, Gethsemane. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Matthew 26, 36. We all have Gethsemane moments. Perhaps we find ourselves in a crisis of some sort, or we wrestle with what God wants us to do, or we face the diagnosis of a severe illness. Whatever these personal Gethsemanes may look like, they have a way of challenging our trust in God. For Jesus, his time in the Garden of Gethsemane is a time of lonely prayer before his crucifixion. It is in Gethsemane that he surrenders his life to God. It is where he falls with his face to the ground and prays, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Matthew 26, 39. May we allow our Gethsemanes to become opportunities for us to renew our trust and confidence in God's purpose for our lives. You know, as you're reading, Carl, I'm thinking, we always think about Gethsemane being Thursday. But more likely, it ran into Friday in the wee yeah. small hours of the morning, right? Mm-hmm. So this is how his day began, and we, we don't have any record of Jesus sleeping. But yeah. he has already begun his physical pain with the, the petechiae, or whatever they call it, his sweating drops of yeah. blood. His yeah. stress level is up very high. And he begins this night, would end up in a in a prison cell at the bottom of Caiaphas' house. Yeah. How do you see the garden? How do you think about that? What's your what's your personal discipleship take on the Garden of Gethsemane? Yeah, so it's interesting because I think this was a place that they had probably visited before, maybe for the same purpose, for prayer. It's probably a place where Jesus experienced some 
really wonderful times with the Lord. This was not one of those wonderful times, but he was reaching out to God in that moment, to God the Father, and carrying that weight. And uh, I can't even really imagine the stress that Jesus must have felt. We can all imagine what stress feels like, but that particular level of stress, uh, he definitely identifies with us. And reaching out to God the Father in that moment, uh, there's an example for us that he's modeling to us what we should do. Yeah. When you were growing up in your faith, did you, did you, do you feel like you had a good theology of suffering as a Christian? I don't think so. I think, I think we're kind of taught that uh, we should pursue happiness. And I think that I've read that somewhere and heard that somewhere, and uh, that, that we should be comfortable and that, um, um, that everything should really flow so naturally toward fun, enjoyment of life, but there's value in us learning how to handle the suffering and the pain of life yeah. as well. Jesus certainly promised that we would experience it. That was part of what he taught, and so we we need to embrace the fact that we can be conquerors. As he said, I've conquered the world, so we can take courage. I think we need to learn how to do that, yeah. even when it doesn't feel like we're conquering things, or we, it doesn't feel hopeful. If you rewind back to the start of his ministry and the Sermon on the Mount there up on the hillsides outside of Galilee, He's speaking, and he's saying, happy are those, blessed are those, is mm -hmm. what it says, but it literally means happy are those, mm -hmm. which caught everybody's attention. But if you look at the list of the Beatitudes, none of them are things that we would kind of equate with being merciful, yeah, but pure in heart, that mm -hmm. seems hard, uh, those that mourn. Mm -hmm. So he's already laying into place the very things he would live out yeah. in his ministry, yeah. and finalize here in this moment. Absolutely. That he is somehow in the Garden of Gethsemane yeah. blessed, happy, yeah. in a deep way, maybe yeah. not with uh, giddy laughter, and right. um, for the joy set before him, mm -hmm. Hebrews 12 says, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Yeah. Maybe that's what he means when he said, happy are those who mourn, for they yeah. shall be comforted. Yeah. No, I, Jesus had a way of turning things upend, uh, in in his teaching, but uh, clearly he understood something that we often don't understand when we're suffering and when we're struggling, that there is a fuller picture, a bigger picture uh, here in, in the midst of what we're going through. And, um, you know, it may sound cliche, but um, Jesus had a deep love for us. Yeah. And... Um, so it was worth what he was going through? Yeah. I heard yeah. a message a bunch of years ago from a guy named John Ortberg who wrote some great books that have really helped me. Mm. But yeah. uh, he talked about the idea that Jesus, that all of us actually have a shadow mission, mm. something that is in the shadows of our life. We really want this good thing, but we kind of have this other thing that looms beside us. And his point was that Jesus had a shadow mission that's actually revealed in the garden, and that was to not have pain, hmm. to not have suffering, because he asked God point blank if there's any way yeah. for this cup to pass from me. Yeah. 
yeah. you can see it in the way that they speak about the, the the physical suffering he was already experiencing, the anxiety, all of that, and he's trying to get away from it. I don't want pain. You don't want pain. Mm-hmm. We don't want suffering, and none of us seek it out. Right. But it is part of our journey mm-hmm. because of uh, the curse of sin over mankind. I'm guessing that's the the root of it. Yeah. So maybe maybe we could just pause here on this Good Friday. Would you just pray over us for those that are in the midst of suffering, those who are thinking that somehow because of their suffering that God is mad at them, <laughs> that God is not paying attention, hmm. that God is looked away. Maybe that there would just be an encouragement in them that Jesus has led the way. Would you pray for us? Yeah. That's so good what you're what you just said, man. God, we we just <clears throat> we come before you right now, and um, we recognize that pain and suffering uh, really wasn't a part of your plan ever. Like you didn't want us to experience pain and suffering. Maybe that's why um, we all, including Jesus, have such an aversion to going through it. It just is so counter to what we should experience. Um, And yet, you have a way of bringing beauty out of ashes. You have a way of giving meaning to things that seem like they don't have meaning. Like, why? We ask that question, why are we going through this? How much longer are we going to have to go through this? And um, you're our sustainer. You are our source. You are our deliverer, and we turn to you in these moments, just as Jesus did here in the garden. We turn to you, and we ask you, God, to minister in our particular situations. There are those that are listening that are going through horrific situations, trials, difficult paths, Uh, right now. And um, you haven't left us. You haven't forsaken us. You haven't left them. You haven't forsaken them. You're with them right now. And I I think that as we pray, even right now, that I just ask that they would sense your presence, that you would make yourself known. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself in a powerful way. Bring peace and even joy in the midst of of that painful situation. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, maybe you could read for us the daily practice. Absolutely. Before you go to sleep tonight, slowly make the sign of the cross over your body as an outward sign of your heart's intention to make Jesus' prayer of surrender your own in the midst of your Gethsemane moment. Probably something none of us, it's not a weird thing. I think it's a good symbol mm-hmm. act yes. to remind us, something tactile to do to, in our way, take up our cross and follow yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, tonight is Good Friday, yeah. and we are going to be getting together. Our churches are coming together. For anybody who wants to come, the option is there. And we're going to be at your fellowship. Tell, tell us a little bit about what's going to go on tonight at yeah. Good Friday, what time and where. Yeah. starts at 6.30. Um, we are on the corner of 75th and, and Main in Springfield, if you needed a little bit of a reference of where to find us. 
But we're going to just have a time of worship. We're going to take communion together. Um, we have a great speaker who's going to lead that <laughs> portion of it. Uh, and uh, Pastor Van, so excited to have you come. But it's just an opportunity for us to remember what Jesus has done for us, the sacrifice and uh, uh, on our behalf. And to um, it's not a, a sad memorial. Um, yeah. It's 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 a time of celebration, and we'll we'll going to continue to celebrate throughout the weekend, of course. But um, I think it's a, a good opportunity for us to reflect on the cross, reflect on the scourging, reflect on the the pain that he endured for us. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Thank you for hosting it, so that we can all participate in it. I love that. We get to share these resources. It's super cool. Well, I'm sorry, it's a little bit longer than the day, but what are you going to do? you got two pastors with so much to say and the complete willingness to say everything that they think. Yes. So <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens when we get together. But Absolutely. we're so grateful for this Good Friday and what it means in 2023 yeah. that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, yeah. and He will raise us up. It's a, it's a, uh, as we're singing on Sunday morning at Willamette, uh, I, I feel something is about to happen. I believe there's going to be another resurrection. And may it be for some people coming to new life, whether they raise their hand in a prayer or make a decision to follow Jesus, that we'll see Christian and pre-Christian, non-Christian, post-Christian people come to faith in Christ on Sunday, Amen. that the risen Lord will be crowned king in their lives. So anything else you want to say? No, I'm just, this is a privilege to be here with you. And uh, um, this is one of my favorite weeks. It is me too. Yeah. Well, everyone, God bless you. Happy Good Friday. Until next time. Bye-bye.